Amen. So this is really encouraging to start with. Not, but I promise it'll get really encouraging. So who's ever felt hopeless? Ah, this is good. All of us. I can put up two heads. <laughs> who's ever felt hopeless? Who's ever felt, who's ever found themselves in a situation that kind of just felt really hopeless? Great feedback this morning. I feel so encouraged that we've all felt hopeless. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a very real thing, isn't it? You know, have you ever found yourself in a place where you feel like, I just don't feel like things are ever going to change? I am. Um, I just feel, everyone's putting up their heads. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I feel like I'm stuck in this place and I don't know how to get out of it. I'm not sure how God's going to break through in it. And it just feels like I'm stuck in this place and and at times we can even wonder about how do I keep going on how do I keep pressing in through this how do I keep pushing through how do I keep finding hope in this so I'm going to talk about hope this morning which is a really good thing because hope is actually a gift that God has for us God has so much hope for us he has like crazy amounts of hope for us so first I'm going to show you a little video because I actually have a testimony And a lot of you will know this person from someone who found themselves in a place that was really, really hopeless, Um, in a tragic place, in a heartbreaking place. And, you know, if anyone's felt hopeless, then I can imagine that this man has felt really hopeless. So it's a five-minute testimony, and we're just going to hear a little bit about um, him coming from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope. Thanks, Hilary. And we need it loud. in the toy box in my room. I want to get something and I can't get it because I don't have any arms or legs. Courage is when you try things afraid. You don't wait for your fear to go. You just try afraid. And when you fail, you try again. And so with those principles, um, I kept on, you know, trying and, you know, as my, uh, you know, my students around me, my friends, they were learning how to ride their bikes, I was learning how to skateboard. And um, when I was eight years old, I tried to drown myself in a bathtub. I wanted to give up because I felt like my life had no purpose. And purpose is key. Without purpose, life is meaningless. Without meaning, there is no hope. And so I could look in my life and I'm thinking, I'm not going to have a job, not going to have a career, not going to get married, not going to have a good life. Nothing good's going to come out of my life. So I should just give up. And so that's where I went through. And I was very angry at my parents sometimes. And, but it wasn't their fault. I wasn't angry at my doctors because the doctors didn't do anything wrong. I was angry at God. You know, when, when, when he talked about, you know, God loving me and my mum telling me that God has a special plan for me, I, I couldn't see that. I, I'm thinking, you're wrong, or God's made a mistake, or I'm the forgotten one. I thought, no, that, that can't be true. Why does he let me 
be born in and you know they talk about God in the Bible where it says you know he can do miracles and you know you, you hear stories of of Jesus doing many many miracles in the Bible while he was on earth 2,000 years ago and what happened they got healed and I'm like well I want to get healed I thought wow God if you give me arms and legs it would be amazing you know I, I didn't even want it for a selfish base as well sometimes I said God if you give me arms and legs, I will serve you. If you give me arms and legs, I will go on TV and show everybody the miracle. But he didn't give me arms and legs. When I read John chapter 9 about a man who was born blind, and everybody asked Jesus, why was this man born blind? Jesus said it was done so that the works of God may be revealed through him. And he spat in the dirt, put it on the man's eyes, and the man got healed after he washed in a river. You know what happened? He was healed. And I'm like, man, okay, God, you know what? If you give me arms and legs, awesome. But he asked me, do you trust me? And I said, yes, to the point where if you don't even give me arms and legs here on earth, I still trust that you have a greater purpose. If you have a plan for a blind man, then you have a plan for me. I pray, and he gives me that peace. And uh, I think everybody can relate to that. You know, everybody has arms and legs around me, but everybody still has a broken heart sometimes. And that's why people are encouraged by my life. Because they can see my disability, but they can see my victory in my eyes, in my smile. And they know that if Nick has found hope, then I can find hope. If, if Nick has found purpose, then I can find purpose. Do you know if God gave... I would have had arms and legs at age six and I wouldn't be speaking to you. Can you imagine if God gave me arms and legs at six years old? No one in Hong Kong would have found out. And even if he found out over media, you would say, well, it's fake. It's just a story. It's not going to change anybody's life. You will forget that miracle very fast. But I stand before you as a miracle of God and you will not forget my smile. You will not forget my joy. You will not forget my story. And that's the miracle, that if God doesn't give you what you want, He's got something better. And the way that I pray today is this, God, give me arms and legs if it's your will. But if it's not your will, thank you that you're going to use this circumstance to touch another person. Where you can save a soul, where you can let a soul know that they are loved, to never give up, that there is hope. There is no greater gift than being a gift of hope to somebody. Awesome testimony, isn't it? I encourage you to um, to get online and listen to more of his story. You know, hear more of his story. It's so inspiring to hear about um, the challenges he was faced with, but the hope that he was found was so incredible. So, get online, YouTube some of his testimonies. YouTube the way that 
God has used Nick because it's so encouraging. So God actually has something to say about hope. In fact, God has a whole lot to say about hope because he has a whole lot of it for us, yeah? He doesn't have like a limited amount. He doesn't just have a little bit of it, but God actually has an abundance of hope for us. He has unlimited, extravagant, overflowing hope for every single one of us, yeah? He's got hope for you. He has got an abundance of hope. He has an overflow of hope. He has an extravagant amount of hope for each and every one of us. So who could use a little extra hope? Yeah? Who wants a little extra hope? I reckon we can always have more hope. We can always get more hope. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope, yeah? Listen to this. May the God of hope, he is the God of hope. That's who he is. That's his character. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't just have a little bit of hope. He wants us to overflow with hope. The same scripture, Romans 15, 30, in the Passion Translation says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy, And perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Wow, we can like radiate with hope. We can overflow with hope. That's like a crazy amount of hope, isn't it? So we're created to live with a whole lot of hope. As sons and daughters of God, we're created to live with hope. And I'm sure that's the kind of hope that Nick was talking about, yeah? Because I don't imagine that when he was born and as he was growing up as a small child, that Nick found a whole lot of hope in the circumstances he found himself in. I know he shared on this video and another one that I watched that he tried to drown himself in a bath when he was eight or ten years old because he felt so hopeless. He could not work out how God could bring good from this place that he found himself in. So his circumstances, his life gave him no hope. He found no hope in where he found himself, yeah? So his, his um, circumstances were tragic and they drained him of all hope, yeah? But then something happened, Something happened to him. He met Jesus. He encountered the God of all hope. And he actually became someone that oozes hope, that radiates hope, that carries so much hope that he imparts it to everyone that comes across his path. You know, so so how did that happen? Well, he just got a whole lot of Jesus in him, I think. He got a whole lot of God in him. And the more he hung out with God, the more time he spent with God, the more he pressed into God, the more that hope just kind of welled up and welled up and welled up on the inside of him till there was so much of it that it just began to flow out of him, yeah? That's pretty amazing. Because the only place we're going to find real, genuine, never-ending, ongoing, circumstance-defeating, disappointment-defeating is Jesus, yeah? 
the only place we find real hope is Jesus. I want to share you a quote with you. It says, A wise person once said, Pain is real, but so is hope. The Bible says faith, hope and love will last forever. When we hold on to hope, we maintain our eternal perspective. Hope is a gateway where on one side we stand with open hearts and on the other is God waiting to reveal himself. I love that. Our hope is Christ and he is real. When life knocks you down, Jesus stands you back up and walks alongside you. He lights your path. He gives you something to move toward. I love the last part of this quote because it says, Jesus gives us something to move toward, yeah? When we feel hopeless, when we feel that we're in a place or in a situation or in a circumstance that doesn't have hope, Jesus gives us a place to move towards. When we don't know where to go, when we don't know whether to turn to the left or to the right or to move forward or to move backward or when we just can't see a way out of something that we're walking through, Jesus gives us something to move towards. You see, we don't have to have all the answers, yeah? We often don't have the answers. We just often find ourselves in places and we go, this hurts. This is messy. This is not how I thought it was going to look, God. And we don't always know what to do, but you know what? Jesus gives us something to move towards. We don't have to have it all worked out. We just need to move towards him, yeah? The answer is always to move towards him, to lean into him, to press into him. We can go, this is messy, God. I'm feeling really hopeless. I don't know a way out of this. Do you know what your answer is? Move towards Jesus. Move towards Jesus. You don't have to figure it all out. We just have to move towards Jesus. It's kind of amazing what happens when you move towards Jesus. When you move towards Jesus, hope comes, peace comes, healing comes, joy comes. When you move towards Jesus, you become like Nick, who felt completely hopeless and has ended up affecting a nation of people. The hope that he brings, the hope that he brings to young people, to old people, to mature people, to children. He brings hope to everyone he encounters, yeah, because he chose to move towards Jesus. Moving towards God is always the answer. Lamentation 3.24 says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance Therefore, I will hope in him. So the Lord is our inheritance. So we will hope in him. We have hope because the Lord is our inheritance. Not because we have, you know, amazing amounts of money coming to us or, you know, houses that we're inheriting or cars that are being passed on or super abundant bank accounts. Although all those things are wonderful, but our inheritance is hope, yeah? Our inheritance is the Lord and the Lord is hope. So my mother-in-law, she's 87 and we all love her greatly. She would have to be um, one of the most incredible servants that I have ever met. So she just serves you and serves you and serves you and she does it all. Um, 
you know, really under the radar. She doesn't want any thanks. She doesn't make any attention about it. She would give you her last dollar. She is probably the most generous person that I've ever met. So when Christmas comes around or birthdays or just because, you know, you'll find envelopes being handed to you and cards being handed to you and sometimes envelopes have been handed to us with large amounts of money, which is really extravagant because my mother-in-law lives on the pension, yeah? She, she doesn't have a lot of cash. She doesn't have a superannuation account that she lives off. She lives off the pension. So that's what makes her so generous because she doesn't have the most money in the room, but she'll often be giving the most money in the room. She's incredible. So you go to her house for dinner, and um, which I highly recommend. You know, If you ever want to tag along, just let us know. The food's incredible. You get about five courses in one meal. And normally you end up coming home with chicken schnitzels and lasagna and different types of cheeses that you might want to use. And what else? Scotch fillets already sliced up and pre-prepared, ready for the barbecue. There is such an abundance that you come home with. And um, she's a really incredible lady. So she lives in West Footscray on a really big block in the house that um, she moved into when she married Andrew's husband. So she's been living in that house for... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Andrew's dad. <laughs> sorry, love. <laughs> when she married Andrew's dad about 50-something years ago, I'm not sure how many, but a lot, Andrew is turning 50. Oh, it's next year. You can still say next year. So 50 plus years, she's lived in this home forever. So there's like, I'm sure there's asbestos in the home and all sorts of you know, <laughs> um, dangerous things. Samuel loves it because it's so homey. He says when he goes to Melbourne to play AFL, he's going to live with Nonna because he loves her house. So we really love her. Anyway, her block is huge. So there is street access from the front of her block and there is street access from the back of her block. It's like a double block. It's a very big block. Before we moved here, we were going to build a house there because the block was so big there was room for another one and the land was going to be free, which is really great in Melbourne. But God caught us here, so that didn't happen. So as we have these super abundant, amazing dinners at Andrew's mum, sometimes Andrew's brother, you know, it's a little bit of a family tradition joke, he loves to mention what he's planning to do with this land when Andrew's mum passes away. So not that we ever want that to happen, but David loves to talk about that. So David and my sister-in-law, they have it all planned. They've got like four townhouses planned, you know, they've got builders lined up, um, you know, they know, they've just got it totally figured out how we're all going to end up with this amazing inheritance, yeah? And, you know, when that day comes, that will be wonderful. I'm sure that um, I'll definitely appreciate that. But you know what? There is an inheritance that is so much greater than that and so much bigger than that. And that inheritance is hope. Yeah? That inheritance is hope. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope and love. So hope lasts forever. Hope goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, that's our inheritance. So we can face situations that are tough. 
We can face circumstances that are heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and can leave us feeling discouraged. But you know what? Hope cannot be taken away from us, yeah? It lasts forever. Hope goes on and on and on. We just need to choose to posture ourselves, yeah, towards God because God is hope. Hope comes as we move towards him in the midst of our situations, in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our disappointment. Hope comes as we move towards him. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I'm going to say that again. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He's called you to a great hope. He has called us to a great hope. The same scripture in the message says, I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers did we get that grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers or the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Who wants some of that endless energy and boundless strength? Oh, I'd like a whole heap of that. He has called us to a great life. He has called us to a great hope. He has plans. He has purposes. He has divine destinies. He has things that only you can do. Yeah, he has things that only you can offer people as you walk through the things that you walk through and you walk towards hope, yeah? He wants us to live well. He wants us to do abundantly more than we have hope dreamed and imagined. He has called us to victory. He has called us to conquering. He has not called us to be defeated. He has not called us to be overwhelmed. He has not called us to be hopeless. He has called us to hope and to greatness and to purpose. That's the life that God has called us to. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? that there's something spectacular coming your way. If you just kind of lean in, if we just lean into Jesus, if we just lean into him, if we just turn to him in the stuff. Yeah, how cool is that? I'm excited. Are you excited? Because I'm really excited. This is good stuff. This is not me. This is God saying for two weeks, hope, hope. I'm your hope. Jesus is your hope. Hope. He is all about hope. That's who he is. Psalm 147, 11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Yeah? God loves it when we put our hope in him. Loves it, loves it, loves it. Can I share something really powerful powerful with you this morning? You've got to be ready. I need much more feedback or I'm just not going to share it. 
Can I share something really powerful with you this morning? Like really kind of life-changing? The devil can't steal your hope. Yeah? The devil cannot steal your hope. He cannot have it. He cannot keep it. He cannot keep you down. The devil cannot steal your hope. Yeah? He can try and convince you that you're in a situation without hope. He can try and lie and deceive you and tell you that your circumstances are utterly hopeless and that where you are is way too big for God. But that's not true. Yeah, that is not true. That's a lie because hope is a powerful force that God has given to us so we can keep getting up, so we can keep moving towards everything it is he has for us. Hope is forever. Hope goes on forever. Hope cannot be extinguished. Hope cannot be stolen. You can give it away, but the devil can't take it from you, yeah? Sometimes we surrender our hope. Sometimes we give our hope away. But you know what the cool thing is? That even when we realize we've given it away, we just need to turn towards Jesus again. We just need to press back in because we've all felt hopeless. We've all been there. We've all walked through that probably more times than we can count, although we'd like to count. But, you know, the great thing is there's no condemnation. We just turn back to Jesus. We just turn back towards him. We turn back towards our hope. We lean back into our hope. We don't have to have it all worked out or this great 10-step process. We go, I'm just leaning back into you, God. I am leaning back into you, Jesus. I am pressing straight back into the place where my hope is found. Hope can't be taken away. So do not believe. This is so important. Do not believe the lie that anything you're walking through right now is hopeless. Yeah? The devil wants you to lose all hope. But God has such an abundance of it for you. I'm going to share something else that's really powerful. Are you ready? It's like mind-blowing. It's really, really good. You know what? Circumstances are not your hope. Yeah? Where you find yourself right now, the condition of your life, whether it be hopeful or hopeless, is not your hope. Relationships are not your hope. How successful or unsuccessful your career is, it's not your hope. Your financial status, whether you have an abundance in the bank, you know, or you're scraping together enough money for lunch this afternoon, it's not your hope. Our only true hope is Jesus. Our only true hope is God. Look, I finished with 13 minutes to spare. But we just have a few declarations first. But that would take like a couple of minutes. I'm impressed. I tried very hard to not go over time. Because last time I went very long and I didn't realize I went so long. And because I'm always telling Pastor Andrew that he goes too long, then he said to me, well, you went way longer than I went. I was like, right, challenge on. (laughs) No, really, this is all God had to say. So, you know, we don't have to expand on it. 
Okay, we're going to make some declarations. Who wants to declare some stuff, yeah? Because declarations are powerful. They are life-giving. And we're not going to declare anything weird. We're actually just going to declare what God says about us and about our lives. So I'm going to declare it. And you know what? Then you're going to declare it back. Yeah? How does that sound? Are we ready? Have we got like our loud voices on? Are we going to let Midvale know what we're declaring this morning? Okay, are you ready? Okay, that circumstance is... All right, wait till I finish. Love you all, you're so awesome. Okay, that circumstance is not stealing my hope. All right, you're warming up, but you really need to work a bit harder, I think, okay? That worry is not stealing my hope. That disappointment is not stealing my hope. That person is not stealing my hope. That pain is not stealing my hope. Come on, you're doing good. I could just, God is getting excited, but we can even do a little bit better, all right? That loss is not stealing my hope. Come on. All right. That label is not stealing my hope. Come on. All right. God's your hope. God's your forever hope. He's your never-ending hope. He is your hope without measure, without limit. Your hope cannot be diminished. You have an abundance of it. Let's finish with this. I have hope. I have so much hope. I have an abundance of hope. I have a crazy amount of hope. I have so much hope today. There is so much hope for me for tomorrow. There is so much hope for me next week. And finale. <laughs> There is so much hope for me in 2020 in Jesus' name. Amen. Because my hope goes on and on and on. Come on. Your hope goes on and on and on. Yeah, let's pray. We thank you for hope, God. We thank you that you are our hope, Lord. I thank you that you fill us with hope. Hope overflows from us, God. I thank you that we have so much hope that it cannot be contained. I thank you that no circumstance, no situation, no disappointment and no label can steal our hope, God. But we turn to you. We press in to the one who is hope without measure, God, with such abundance, God, with such overflow. We declare that 2020 is the year of hope. 
in Jesus' name. Maybe God just gave us a word for next year. Sit on that. So we just receive your hope, God. I thank you that there is nothing too hard, too difficult, too disappointing, too challenging, God, for you. And I thank you that you walk through us. You walk with us. You walk beside us, God. I thank you that all things work together for good. It does not matter how it looks, God. If we just continue to lean into hope, God, we will see such glory, God, such beauty, such healing, God. We will become a gift of hope to a nation of people that so need hope. Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday. We love you. Be filled with hope in Jesus' name. Take your hope and share it with someone.